Are you listening? Damn. Uh. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Jesse Moeller, a.k.a. JMoeller05. Um, welcome into another episode of the Rantings of a Fantasy Football Fanatic. We are on the Get to Know series. Um, we are on our second edition of that. And today, um, I had a special guest I wanted to bring in because they excel with the video medium and with where fantasy football is going and that platform right now. Like, that's... That's something we all should be shooting for because let's be like for myself, I don't have time just to constantly read articles. So the video mediums and audio, like you can just take it with you. It's personal and it's just easier. So like, I, I love that platform and they're, they're someone I aspire to in the industry because if you check out their content, they've been killing it nonstop all off season and for a long time really in the industry. So without further ado, I wanted to bring on Mr. Justin Henry. My man, appreciate you, dog. I appreciate you too. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. It's uh, the off season is almost over. So we are now in preseason. A lot of good things happening. A lot of football we get to watch. Practices are happening. So it's exciting times. Doing a lot of mock drafts here uh, this off season. But the drafts are actually starting and uh, the season will be here before we know it. So I'm excited, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, you came on and you get a compliment for a little bit because I had a great time the other day on your your, your Potathon <laughs> show, which it got a little bit wild, but we, we had a good time, you could say. <laughs> 24 hours of drafting and talking fantasy football and whatever in between. I, I didn't expect it. I didn't know what to expect heading into it, but it was a ton of fun, man. And uh, a lot of, a lot of unknown came from that. You know, you do something kind of wild. Like I would suggest mm-hmm. anybody that's watching, like if you're ever thinking of an idea, you're like, do I want to do this or not? Just try it. And in worst case scenario, you try something new and a lot of good relationships, experiences, um, a lot of things happen during that 24 hours that I wouldn't take back. So it was a fun time. Yeah, and speaking of like trying new, I would say that's a great point to branch off. What was the the kind of impetus for you to get started in this industry where you're like, you know what, I'm going to try something new and give it a shot and see where it takes me. So what was that that spark you could say? Yeah, so I actually, um, I own a marketing company. And so I have a marketing company. This was, I started this in 2017. And so I was helping out small businesses. And one of the past, you know, one of my passions has always been sports. Like you can tell with all the stuff I got on, like mm-hmm. this, I'm a sports fan. I've always been a sports guy since I was younger, collected baseball cards, re- literally read sports almanacs for statistics. Like that's just something I always did. I played fantasy. I started playing fantasy when I was like 14, 15 years old in high school. Like I would sit in the computer in class and play fantasy sports and do my drafts there. So I've always had the love for sports, but through the marketing company, I was actually in a conversation with somebody talking about. Uh, potential events that we could be doing. And one of them, uh, I live in Sacramento. And I was like, well, how do we partner with the Kings, get them to do this event outside? And the guy was like, you know, you love sports so much. Why don't you just work in sports? Literally, that question changed the trajectory of my life. Because Mm -hmm. as somebody who was in marketing, I was like, shit, why not? So I reached out that same day to work with sports players. So I started up a sports marketing company within the next year. And then COVID hit. So COVID hit, everything shut down. And another was another meeting was like, well, what can I do during this meantime? Right. So I started up a basketball podcast with my homie, uh, my homie, Will Thompson. We started up a basketball mm-hmm. podcast. We got interviews with NBA players, G League players, overseas players. So that was really my first experience with sports. And then a little bit after that is when like TikTok started blowing up. Um, YouTube started, YouTube shorts started blowing up. But it was 2001, the summer of 2021. A couple of buddies of mine were like, yo, what's up with this fantasy football stuff? Like, how can we make a little bit of extra money together as a group? Like, let's start a fantasy podcast. That was the everybody's dream, right? Like, oh, let's start a fantasy podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 
So we did that. And what happened was I realized very quickly that I was good at getting under people's skin in short form content. Our TikTok page went crazy. 10,000 followers in less than like a month. This is obviously back when like TikTok growth was a little bit more prevalent, but mm -hmm. I knew I had a voice and I knew that it was confirmed immediately when Fandle reached out to me. Fandle reached out to uh, me and that's kind of what started this whole, my whole place in this, in this fantasy space, the fantasy gods, Fanduel. That's how I got involved. So this is just 2021. And over that time I worked with other companies, but that's really my start was like getting on on TikTok, building a page called the fantasy gods, and then working with a company like Fanduel to get a little bit of like clout and respect. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. really how it all started. Yeah. Cause they give you that platform with a bigger name, right? Where you're like, Oh, guess what? I'm connected with this ginormous company. Everybody's like, Oh, <laughs> respect. Like that's, that's right. what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah. So for, for you with like the TikTok growth and everything like that, how did you decide to like stay with that path? Um, like you obviously have a pretty good following on YouTube and things like that as well. But instead of say, like there's certain analysts who will just, just be on Twitter or they'll be on Instagram or they will pick one platform, yeah. but it's like, you're kind of, multiple platforms you're hitting it from different angles do you have a process that you like was this part of your initial process or did this kind of just form over time where you're like you know what these are the best paths we can hit and be the most successful so no there was no direction initially early on it was like hey let me just make these tiktok videos right we tried to the podcast like the fantasy gods i'll have mm -hmm. to differentiate between the two the Fantasy Gods, we started like a podcast on YouTube. We don't get a whole lot of hits there. Then we made, made a Twitch page, and we're trying to stream all this stuff at once on like a stream yard, right? We go and we stream everything at once. So the goal was really like just keep building the TikTok page as big as we can. That was the goal. And then what I noticed personally, and I was like, you know what? <clears throat> the this is it's like it's kind of layered. It's kind of layered. So bear with me. The no, fantasy yeah. god stuff, we were we were on TikTok, that's where people knew us. Um, but the more I started working with other companies, they were like, well, what about you? Like, this is the fantasy gods. This isn't Justin Henry. Mm -hmm. Why are we going to hire you when in all reality, like a lot of the views and stuff that came from the page, it wasn't solely me, but I was a big reason why. And I, I, I think I know this and the guys that I was cool with, they knew it. Like I was a big reason why the page grew. Mm -hmm. So that's when I said, you know what, let me build my own page. Right. So I started making TikToks for my own page. I had no YouTube channel. My YouTube channel was zero zero so it's not like i just had all these followers and subscribers out of nowhere i had to build from scratch my personal page in the start of 2022 in 2022 i had like 600 followers on, yeah. on or no 60 excuse me 60 followers on tiktok and so over the course of that time i started putting out three posts a day i was like three posts a day short form let me grow on tiktok i started growing on there and then what happened was they said hey in february of 2023 youtube said this in February 2023, we're going to start paying creators. I was like, you know what? That's that needs to be a lane that I that I choose. Once I got live on TikTok, I was like, how can I build both TikTok and YouTube at the same time? Mm -hmm. And I was noticing, like, if I went on YouTube, there would be people from TikTok. I'd be like, hey, come to come to the YouTube. This is where you. But I was like, what happens if I stream on both? So what I decided to do was I was like, let me take the TikTok audience that I built. Mm -hmm. Right. People stay on one platform. I was like, let me take that and try to transfer it over to uh, to YouTube. So being live on both, being able to cross over and say, hey, redirecting to another piece of content. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it because you have a you have an audience already that knows and loves mm -hmm. your product. How do you get them onto another platform? That was my biggest hurdle. And so that's why you mentioned the YouTube growth. A lot of that is due to TikTok or being just live video. 
Um, but it's it's fun, man. Being doing both short form and long form, man. It's 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 a lot of fun, it's a lot of work, but it's rewarding when you can kind of like start to build into both areas. Yeah, I think it's it is really rewarding when you notice it after you keep putting in that consistent effort and that work, right? And you see the growth like span from that. It's really rewarding as a creator because that's that's the goal of what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to grow your point to be able to ideally for a lot of people in this industry to sell whatever product you want to rep, right? Like you have some, you said what we call like try hard merch I saw on your website. <laughs> and if, if people will see your TikToks, they know exactly what that represents, right? So how right. did you in integrate basically? I mean, it feels like it's pretty straightforward, but like how were you able to integrate your try hard videos? And then you're like, you know what? Let's make a product out of this and see if we can sell some merchandise off of it, right? So Is that's that how that actually, works? that's actually a brand new product. It's a brand new shirt that I made. And for two years in this industry, I said, you know what? I don't want, my I don't want my audience to be my customer pay me wise right I, I don't mm -hmm. like taking money for whatever reason I have this thing about like taking money from the people who consume my content I'd rather work with the brands but over this last couple months I realized like there's a need for it people want more from you and you know your time you got to respect your time a little bit maybe you don't need to be money hungry and chase every single dollar from your consumer and charge them for every single thing but if you provide value, it's okay to say, hey, look, I got other stuff. It's just going to cost you, right? So I try to dial it back as far as like charging for my draft guide. I had 1,200 downloads on my draft guide. And there was an optional thing to like, if you want to if you want to purchase it, go ahead, put mm -hmm. your price tag in. I had 1,200 downloads on it. Guess how much I made from it? Let's take a guess. Probably like, if, so it was listed as free, right? But people could It was pay. listed as free. And there was a thing that said like optional. How much do you think I made Probably, from it? Maybe like 100 bucks or something? I made $80 from it. Oh yeah, see that's off the thing. 12, like, off twelve hundred sales, and so or twelve hundred downloads, I should say. And yeah, that's like there's a missed opportunity cost there. But then it's like for me, I want more people to see my stuff and mm -hmm. tap in with me and build the brand. I think that there's more there's more long term with building a brand than there is yes. with chasing dollars initially. So you have to figure out your goal and your purpose. You talked about being on TikTok and live streaming at the same time on YouTube or building both platforms. It's a long game, man. And it would have been easy to get frustrated with my TikTok growth early on. It would have been easy to get frustrated seeing my thing at 400 subscribers. But I just kept pushing and providing value. Um, to me, I think that that's the way to build your audience initially is to be consistent, provide an, an immense amount of value, more so give out a lot of free information, free stuff. But then at the same time, once you build your audience, you got to give them a reason to stick around and stay. So I think I think that's the, the biggest component for me is looking, how can I provide the most value long term? And there's sticking power to that. That's that's essentially how I've been building my brand is focusing all, all on the long term, my man. I think that's probably the hardest thing for a lot of people in this industry is building that brand the correct way that you're comfortable with, right? Because it's it's always that really weird point where it's like, man, I feel weird, like charging people for these things, right? Because right. a lot of us have this imposter syndrome where you don't feel like you belong. So you're like, really, you want to pay for this? And they're like, yeah, like we <laughs> respect what you do. And you're like, I don't know. So if, if you're able to get past that and you build the brand correctly, like you have that base with you. And I feel like what you're doing makes a lot of sense. And then you take the next step and the next step. And you're like, yeah, like people are like, hell yeah, I would have to give you money for this stuff. And you're like, yeah, it's, just, it's like respect for you as a, as a creator, which is you love to see stuff like that. Well, and it's also a thing like, I think people, but I also think that people like 
tend to look at things differently, right? Like, especially in our space, in this fantasy football space, you're looking at, oh, this guy has a full-time opportunity or, oh, this guy charges $20 for his draft guide. Everybody's looking at everybody else as a measuring stick and mm-hmm. not focusing on their audience, right. not focusing on the people that, that are actually consuming their content. You know, I go over to Twitter and I have 1,700 followers on Twitter. I just talked about how I had 1,200 downloads from my draft guide and I have 1,700 followers on Twitter. And I can make a big case of like, oh, why don't I have as many Twitter followers as this person? Or why isn't, you know, why don't I get as many likes on a post as this person? That's easy to do, but then I also know like the people that are tapped in with me depend on me. The mm-hmm. 1,700 that decided to click follow on my name depend on me. So right. I could go look over my shoulder and be like, oh, this person has 20K followers and they don't do nothing but post memes. Or I could mm-hmm. I could talk in my head about all the different things that other people do, but I got to focus on me and, and the people that consume my content. There was somebody in that live video we did, right? 24-hour mm-hmm. mock draft a thorn. I had on my page. Shout out to shout out to you for being on it for like five, six hours of that thing, man. Str- Stronging it out with me, dog. I was, I was, I was like, I feel bad, man. You're gonna be up all night by yourself. Like, I'll hop on. I got time. Let's 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 try to make this a little bit easier for you. Yo, shout out to you, man. That was dope, and that was the first time we interacted, man. So much yeah. love to that for real. Um, but there's a lot of people who question like why you would stay on a mock draft stream when you got 30 people watching on on YouTube. You got. Mm-hmm. At some, at sometimes the TikTok live was at nine people watching. Like sometimes it was like 200, but like at sometimes it was eight people, nine people watching. Why would you stay on live? You didn't make no money off the mock draft, mock draftathon. You were giving stuff away. Why would you do that? Right. And to me, there's so much value in building audience. The guys that were a part of that will always remember that. They'll right. always remember it. And I have people that were there watching now, some of the names you probably remember 50 shades of Trey and Cade and these guys, it's like, Mm -hmm. they're, they are now committed to being part of, part of my culture, my group and my culture. So, and my brand, and I find a ton of value in that, you know, you get, you get an army of people behind you uh, that support what you do and believe in you, man. I I don't think there's anything that can replace that. So money comes and goes. The, The difference is if you can provide value and impact, I think that that goes way further. So for me, that's that's the value I find in this space. And I think a lot of people are looking for like, how do I make a quick buck? How do I get full time? That shit can go come and go real quick. Real yep. quick. That stuff, that stuff over time, like it wears people out if you're just chasing that money and that's your that's your main goal. Instead of like for a lot, like myself, why I got this industry is because I love fancy football. Like that's that's yes. why I hopped in this industry, right? And I thought I could do something different. Like I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do something different than you know what everyone's doing or be, you know, a different voice. So I was like. Let's hop in, see what happens. If it works, cool. If it doesn't, but I'm not just going to chase that dollar, burn myself out, and then just walk away because you see that happen far too often. But yeah. I think building the building the community, like you're talking about, that that's the best way to go about it because then you'd have those followers for however long you want to do this for, right? And the thing is, I can't hate anybody that builds it their way. Like if you do no. build it for the dollar, like shout out to you, bro. Like that's go get go get what you know how to do something. Something I think that is undervalued is consistency. Like, just be yes. you. And if it feels more comfortable to be in this industry and, you know, this is how you support your family and how you build, you know, wealth for yourself, that's fine. Like, I'm not I'm not here to hate on anybody else's journey. This is just the way that, you know, me personally, and I'm not, like, a huge creator. I don't have, like, this, you know, mm-hmm. insane amount of followers on any platform. I'm just me. And it's, like, at the end of the day, I think my videos have come across enough people to where I got people that love me, I got people that hate me. but at the end of the day, I built it my way, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm going to be here for a while. And that's, that, that's value to yourself. Like hearing you talk about that, you're happy with that. So that comes through and like, 
you're un- the one thing I've noticed you're unabashedly yourself, which means you're honest and you're who you are. And as someone in this space, like I 100% respect that. And I imagine your audience does because I was with you for a few hours with the audience and so they were riding with you throughout. Yeah. I was like, yeah, they are tapped in with him. They love what he's doing. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Like I always, if someone will come into my DMs or talk, like ask me a question about this, right? I'm like, just be yourself. Cause like yep. you're, if you're not going to be yourself at some point, you're going to wear yourself out because you're trying to be something you're not. And if you can't be that, then it's just, it's just, you're building it on false ground. It's going to crumble. So yeah. I, yeah. I love seeing industry or sorry fantasy analysts be like be that way and go through that it's tough because you get into this mold now of like in order to get in order to get jobs in this industry there's certain metrics and things that these companies look at right like what do you mm-hmm. provide article wise video wise but there's a lot of intangibles that they don't look for so what happens is they don't look at all the intangibles they look at do these guys hit the check marks? And I think in this mm-hmm. industry, unfortunately, there's a lot of check marks that are easily, easily attainable. Anybody can do that. Yes. I hate to say this the wrong way, but like, you know me, I'm going to just spill what's mm-hmm. on my mind. Mm-hmm. When we talk about like, especially when you go to start going to like advanced analytics and things like that, it's easy to go look up numbers. And I'm not trying to, it's going to sound like, hey, maybe. And maybe if you perceive it as hate, that's fine. This My goal isn't for this to be a hate towards anybody that's analytics-based. But as the, the, the path to entry is a little bit less. The barrier to entry in this space is a little bit less because if you can identify three or four solid numbers, you can make a take, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, it's fine because a lot of my takes are based off of what I watch and it's all opinion-based as well. Mm-hmm. But there's the, the path, the reason why I see this thing going the wrong way is because there's certain numbers that everybody can look up and say, all right, well, if this person's this, this, and this, this is a breakout. If they don't do this, this, and this, this is a bust. But we all have that same information. There's no intuition on that. So at the end of the day, what's happening to a lot of this fantasy industry is that they're becoming bots. They don't realize it. We all got to look at ADOT for the next breakout player, average depth of target, who got the air yards, who's doing yards per route run. We, it's all the same information. And so if we're all as analysts, that's what these companies want. And that's all we're producing to find the advantage or to find the cheat code. At the end of the day, we're providing bot analysts. Like everybody loves Calvin Ridley. Everybody loves Deontay Johnson. Everybody loves DJ Moore. I talked about this on the stream. I was like, bro, I can tell you're on Twitter. I can tell when you do a mock draft, I can tell if you've been on Twitter because a lot of times it's the same players that everybody likes. Mm -hmm. And so I think where, I'm struggling right now in the industry to kind of, I not struggling the place that I think the industry is struggling. And I hope to kind of change the narrative is having that authenticity. I might be wrong on some takes. There's that's part of fantasy. We don't have, there's no cheat code to fantasy. You can't be, you can't go off of those numbers and expect to win championships a lot. It doesn't happen. There's too much randomness in fantasy football. There's too much luck involved in fantasy football. And yeah, can you get to the playoffs? Cool. But what's the goal? Your 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 entire goal of fantasy football is to win your championship. Absolutely. And that takes intangibles. That takes luck and it takes a little bit of this, that that intuition. And so that's the part I think is being lost in fantasy football right now and unfortunately as a creator, I think it's tough for some people to say, "You know what? Let me be me. Let me be wrong. Let me go to the anal- let me go to the numbers. Let me completely hinge on the numbers so that way I can keep my job. That way I can be a writer in the space. That way I can sound like I know what I'm talking about. That I, I feel like that is a 
kind of a detriment right now to the industry, unfortunately. I mean to get long-winded on that, but no, you're good. I, I can sense I, it coming. I like I actually think that gives an opening in the space if everyone's going that direction, like you're saying, right? That allows people who <clears throat> who are unique like yourself, like you get to pop up because you're different, right? Yeah. So it it but like it creates a pathway of um easier resistance for people to go a different path where you're like so maybe you want to use those numbers, maybe you want to mix them up a little bit and the thing that's lost, like we talked about this a little bit on live stream was context. Like yes. each offense and each like team has context that changes situations. Like, so yeah, it's, I, I hundred percent get that. Cause like, if you're, if you're strictly on Twitter or you're strictly on TikTok or you're strictly on one platform or like this applies to like different ADP websites, like ESPN, you know, and all those, right. Like you'll right. notice it kind of hyper focuses people on how they do that. But once they branch out, you're like, Oh, there's a whole different world out here. Right. Which yes. is, when I noticed that when I first jumped on TikTok, I was like, whoa, this is different. And then I went on Instagram and I was like, oh, good okay. and bad reasons, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. They like every every platform has its like pros and cons, as you would say. So there's there's things we all as analysts and people, you know, who consume our content should be able to like notice that and maybe shift and see how it works for them. Because I feel like if you want to be in this industry, there's a path for everyone to be in yes. this industry. It's big enough to support everybody. So if you want to go, like we're talking about be the bot where you just want to focus on numbers, hey, do you, that's your, but like I, I more put people in thresholds. Like I'll put a giant group of people in thresholds where yes, I try not to be biased with players, but let's be real. Like I have some biases with players as much as I want to be like, oh, I'm unbiased. Like, no, I'm biased with players. Like you saw, I'm like, yeah, no, I hate that guy. Yep, I love yep. that guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yes. it's kind of, it's, it's nice to get an outside perspective on what you're doing when you talk to somebody else and you get a different perspective. And I think, I think that's one thing you in particular bring is like, you will, completely change your perspective on something I'm thinking about. And then it'll, uh, after I'm talking, I'll think about it for a while. I'll be like, you know what? It makes sense to me. And case in point, this was when I saw your um, Ezekiel Elliott video. People are like, oh, he's dust. He's dirt. And you're like, he's RB35. And I was like, you know what? That makes a lot more sense. Just off the top of my head when I was looking to it, I was like, yeah, like that makes a lot more sense. Like he's going to have a role, right? So if I was just on Twitter, I might not have seen that. But the fact right. I was on TikTok, you know? So it, it kind of changes your perspectives. And I think that's that's a benefit to everybody. So not just, you know, I think in, in two, it's this uh, herd syndrome, right? not syndrome, herd mentality, right? You're like, mm -hmm. well, if all these smart people are talking about these guys, then that has to be the way that it is, right? Or like, mm -hmm. it's easier to go with the grain a, a lot of times in fantasy because there is so much randomness, uh, randomness to the sport, right? So it's easier to be like, well, if ADP is here, then I got to have them at least within one or two spots. Maybe I'll drop them down a spot or two. Like the thing people most hate on on my takes this year is like Chris Olave. Yeah. I would say the Chris Olave take is the one that probably causes the most rift within even even my own audience, the people that love me. Right, this is the one that they I get a lot of backlash on. And I right now he's currently going as the wide receiver twelve. I have him as like wide receiver twenty five, wide receiver twenty six range. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people can't understand why I do that. And I don't think it's because of the talent or the numbers that he put up last year. What I truly believe is it's the ADP because if he was at wide receiver 21 in ADP, if that's how the rankings came out and I had him at wide receiver 25, I wouldn't be hearing a whole lot of backlash from it. No, it, it really is like that. Like I talk about the herd mentality in fantasy. It's like, oh, no, this is the player everybody's talking about. This is the sleeper. There's a reason why players Bijan Robinson is now a top three mm -hmm. back. There's a reason why Chris uh, Calvin Ridley has gone from mid tier wide receiver three early in the offseason to now a high-end wide receiver two by yeah. the end of the offseason. 
it's the herd mentality. And now everybody's pushing the same direction. What I try to provide is, especially on those bigger name topics, if I have a contrarian point of view, I don't want on every player, but if I have one, I'm going to put it out there. So yeah, you're right, man. It's, it's, it's tough. The, the bot mentality, right? And I know it's a bad word to use, but like it kind of starts to yeah. be like where everybody's a little bit robotic. Yeah, there's there's certain analysts who I think people like respect across the board. So if someone such as like JJ Zacharyson, like a huge name in the space, he says it. A lot of people take that as gospel, and they're like, you yes. know what? I'm riding with, and that that's so. And it's interesting because like we as analysts, like we provide you know information for people to consume, and they trust they trust our rankings and things like that. So you have to be able to provide your own rankings, like support them and back them up. And so if you're just listening to someone else, and you're like, you know what? That's exactly where it is. Like. I'm not going to change it. Like you're not really giving a service to people. So you have to, right. you know, put your own effort to that. And I think there is a lot of that where it's kind of just this giant circle of all people, with similar takes and all that. So it's nice to get outside of that and, you know, do your own thing. Um, yeah. I was actually, I wanted to kind of ask you about how you manage this with a family as well, because that's the hardest part for myself because having the family and fantasy, a lot of times they compete with each other just because yes get home from work. All right. Now I got to do this article. I got this video, blah, blah, blah. I got to make dinner. got, you know, so how do you, how do you go about doing both things? Like, how are you able to not stretch yourself too thin and wear yourself out? Um, I go at my own pace, you know, and I think there's an expectation for creators, which is unmanageable right now. And they're not paid for it the right way. Mm -hmm. This is something, if you, if you clip this up at all, this is something you need to clip up. There's an expectation for creators right now, not just to be creators, but to be uh, SEO copywriters. You need to be able to write copy. You need to be able to write an article. You need to be market research. You need to understand and be data analysts. You also need to be good at video. You need to be able to be a talent on video, be able to convey your message. And so well-spoken, you have to be able to edit your own videos now. You need to be able to be a video editor. Your audio needs to sound perfect. Your lighting needs to be perfect. And so why is this the only career, fantasy creator, and in, in creators in general, why is this the career where you have to be an expert at everything? In order to get, in order to be respected, you have to be an expert at everything. If you write an article, you spend hours on that article. You have to find stats. You have to understand the sport. You have to know where to find information. You have to be able to craft an, an article. You have to be a journalist, a journalist to write an article and it pays $25. The pays $40. Mm. It pays $50 mm. for an article. That article is going to take you three to four hours. And the fact that you have to watch the game, you already have to know information. Waiver wire pickups. You have to have intuition on these waiver wire pickups. Go through and search a lot of other stuff. You spend four or five hours on an article or you give out a shitty product. Those are your two options. You go and you give a half-ass article out, and then you're not respected in the space. The team, the companies, they want videos. They want you to be live video for fifty for fifty dollars an hour, hundred dollars an hour, somewhere in that range. When you're a talent, you have to come up with this stuff on the fly. Remember numbers, answer questions, mm -hmm. go into the live video setting, make sure your audio, your mic is set up, your situation is perfect, your your video is crystal clear. Like this is a high expectation. If you're a content creator, they want to pay you fifty dollars a video. $75 a video. It's right. this is a lot of work. And I think this industry, it's you know, there's a lot of money being made in this industry from companies, and it sucks for these creators, man. Because um, you know, you talk about managing the time with the family, you talk about managing extracurricular, like this isn't an eight-hour job. No. There's there's no eight-hour job with fantasy, you're almost always on because you have to be 
the the newest news that comes out, you need to be able to react to it. Make a video, make an article on it, be ready to talk about it on Twitter. The newest an injury happens, you have to be on it, be able to provide analysts so you, uh, analysis on it. So you have to go look up statistics. How does this affect the third best player on that team? Because information is so readily available as an independent uh, independent con- content creator, you're now challenging organizations to keep up with speed. You're now challenging a lot of other things. And organizations are like, hey, we need this information now. Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday night, Thursday night, Wednesday before, when you got to yeah. do uh, when you got to do pickups, you have to be available. And for me personally, I think being on the other side of it where I'm not attached to a company has helped out a lot. If I want to if I want to do a video, I could do a video. If I want to do a live, I could do a live. If I want to put out two posts this week, I can do that. If I want to put out three in a day, I can do that. I worry about my myself. And it's so much like keeping up with everybody else. ESPN puts out nine posts, nine videos in a day, and then they put out uh, two live streams in a day. And content is so widespread. People are using AI to make their... It's a lot mm-hmm. to manage, man. It's a lot. So I think as a creator, the one thing you can control is your mentality. What keeps you right up here? What workload is that? And for me, there's times where I'm like, you know what? Let me put this shit away. Let me go with my family. There's times where it overconsumes me. You know, I'm always on my phone or I'm always on my computer. Yep. So I have to find balance. It's tough because I got three kids and a wife who love me and I love them dearly and I want to spend time with them. But I make time for the things that matter. And Nothing comes before my family. Nothing comes before my that that side of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's how I balance it, man. It's just, it's what feels comfortable to me. And if I notice myself getting away from what I'm true to, that 75 video ain't worth it. That that little opportunity ain't worth it. I'll move away from that very quickly. So I'm built, I'm I'm a little crazy. I'm a little crazy in the head, dog. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are who are in this space because like you're saying, it's it's almost impossible to keep up with all the expectations. Like it's just, you can't be 24 seven as much as we're on our phone or doing all the work. And then on top of it, if you're actually playing, like if you're playing in leagues and doing that too, on top of it, it's yes. just, it's all like, I will tell anybody who's trying to get in the space. It's going to be a lot. So be, be prepared. If you're going to work for a company, like if you're able to just like, you're doing, doing your own thing, then absolutely work at your own pace. But if you're going to go work for a company, there's going to be certain expectations and they're going to be like, yeah, we need you to do this, do that, do that. Well, realistically, you're kind of doing your own thing as it is. So if you're able to go do your own company and that's the format you want to go, go do that. Be your own boss because I will say I've been a boss before. There's nothing better than being your own boss. It's, yeah, it is the best, right? <laughs> it is. It is. And it comes with uh, it comes with a lot of expectations and a lot of responsibility. But there's no better feeling of being able to control your own destiny, in my opinion. So, yes, I'm with you there, man. It's tough because I see benefits to both sides. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's the juggle is you see the income stability on one side. You see a little bit of uh, inconsistency and the what ifs on the other side. But the freedom. So it really just depends on what you value the most and what's most important to you and your family, man. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to do what works best for you in your situation. You can't, I can only speak on my personal experiences and how I view things. You know, at the end of the day, it, something shit, $75 might work for somebody on a video. That might be way more than they were getting paid. So, mm-hmm. or $50 an article might be like, oh shit, this is great. Like I, I can only speak on what I feel and, and my experiences, you know what I mean? So. Right. Because that's that's what, you know, and like what we know. So, yeah, it's it's each for everybody. Like you have to decide what works for you and what doesn't work for you and be right. happy with it, because if you're right. not happy with it, you're it's going it's going to just wear you out. Like there's just yeah. there's no other way around it. You're doing something yeah. you just can't keep up with. Yo, and I'm on I'm on P2W Network. You know, one of the people that hustles, my boy, Nick Script, bro. That, dude. that dude hustles. 
hustles. You want you want to talk about somebody that that invests time in the craft, man? Like, I love people like that in the industry where you know, like, and I hope that's how people view me. Like, you know, they busting their tail, and Nick is one of them yes, dudes, yes. man. Like, he, he is solid dude, bro. So, <laughs> I, I I respect people like that, man. That out there just. You know they have a life on the other side of it, but you just can't tell. It looks like somebody working for him. It looks like two, yeah, like, two three people are working for him. Exactly right? right. Yeah, like when I when I talked to him about the job, I was like, "Yo, what I'm trying to just I'm trying to observe you from like close, like see how yeah. you do this nonstop, twenty four seven. He's like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "It's just it's a grind." I was like, "I believe you one hundred percent." You know, you don't gotta convince me, man. I get it. I get it. It's, so, yeah, it's, it's been nice, like being over there, like just talking to him, getting a little earful. So yeah, it's it's great for everybody. Um, what's your kind of your end game being in this space? Like what, like five years from now, where do you, where do you look to be? Do you still plan on being in the space five years from now? Like, or kind of what's your end goal, I guess would be the best way to phrase it. Um, I don't really have an end goal. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I do plan on being in the space in five years, but it wouldn't surprise me if I pivoted at some point, Mm -hmm. I kind of keep that mentality of like, how do I stay sane here? Am I doing something that I want to do? Am I having fun doing it? Mm-hmm. And I bounce around. Unfortunately, that's just a, a nature of who I am. Like I bounce around. I'll, like I said, I had a marketing company, sports marketing company, basketball podcast, fantasy football. Uh, I kind of bounce around, unfortunately, but I do what makes me happy at the end of the day. And if this shit's making me happy, like I'll continue to be here. That's my goal. But my end goal, if I had to say anything, would be to kind of change the narrative as to what a sports creator looks like. Somebody in this space can look like. I think for so many years it was like, oh, it's the guy in the suit. It's um the, the Scott, the Stuart Scotts. It's the mm-hmm. Adam Schefters of the world. And you have to be in a suit and a tie in order, you know, to be respected. If you're talking about the draft, you better look like Mike Mayock and you better look like Mel Kuyper. And it's like, I think that there's, you know, there was a person that went to the sports book back in the day that took their little briefcase of money and took that into the sports book and said, I would like to wager $5,000 on the New England Patriots <laughs> in this game today. That ain't the same sports better that's out there. It's the guys that look like me and you. It's the kids that is that just turned 18 now. They got it on their smartphone. And so I want people to be able, like, if there's somebody that looks like me in this space, there's somebody that operates in the same way as me, maybe a little random, maybe a little casual for some people, talks how they want to talk. I want that person to have a lane too, to be able to create space and be valued. I want that person to be valued, not because of if they check all the boxes, but because of what they provide at scale. That's what I want. I want people, somebody who's genuine and authentic. I want to pave the way for the next generation of talented people out there to be themselves and be valued for it. That's yeah, it. That, that would be my goal in this space. That's a great answer. I, I haven't really heard an answer like that, but that's that's one of the better answers I've imagined. When I get asked people this question, like that's the one that I appreciate it. I and if I and honestly, honestly, another to add to that, not trying to like this is just another goal of mine is mm-hmm. People in this space, in fantasy football, a lot of times we assume that everybody that consumes our content is equal to us, right? Equal mentality, that they know as much as we do. My goal is just to make smarter fantasy players because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times there's rookie people in their first year that consume my content or maybe somebody that's been losing and just didn't understand. Maybe somebody that doesn't care as much about football as, as you and I do, you know? And so my goal is to make, if you watch my content and you consume it, you're a better mock drafter. You handle situations better. If an injury goes down, now you know how to handle that. And you know what the goal is to win the championship. We, You're one track minded to how to do that. In-season adjustments, how to rate players or how to look at different things from a different perspective. And shit, even if you disagree with me, how to consume information or ha- at least have balance. Like 
my goal is just to create smarter fantasy players so that they can win more leagues. Like, if you follow me, that's literally my goal. I talk about it all the time. I don't care about being right. I just want to help you win your league. So that would be another goal of mine. If I was to say in-game, if I walked away from this space and I'm like, you know what? 90% of the people that consume my content became smarter in some aspect. That's the win for me. Yeah, when I when I talk to people in the industry, like, I'm like, if I help one person a year, like I actually help them get better, like I'll consider that a win. Even if it wasn't super successful for a year for me or whatever that is, like if I did that, like I at least help one person so I know I can feel good about it. So yeah, I love that. Like that's that's what we're here for, right? To make people yeah. better at this this game that we all play. Because let's be real, not everybody's on that grind where they got 30 leagues and they're doing all these mocks and you know what I'm yeah. saying? There's people that are in like one or two home leagues and it's, it's a whole different ballgame for them. So yes. yeah, it's, it's, I think generalizing your content for everybody to be able to consume is a great way to go about it. I'm we, get, we get too hyper-focused sometimes and it's like, I'll listen to some content. I'm like, I can't take away anything from that. And like, I feel like I know a lot. So if someone who doesn't know a lot about like the stats or the data, they're going to be like, that was just like right over their head. So yeah, I think sometimes we get too into it. And I feel like there's a lot of, I hate to say it, but I'm going to, there's a lot of gimmicky content out there. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this, this, and this. So that way it runs up the views, right? Like, mm-hmm, uh, wait, mm-hmm, wait mm-hmm. for the player at the end, or here's oh, the thread. Yeah. And I'm not sure that it really benefits the community, right? Like when you're, cons- it, maybe it does. Maybe I just don't, I, I'm not the, the particular consumer for that. But I feel like it kind of, there's no like, there's not a lot of like, hey, how do I just get better? It's like, here, here's your way to win. Take these players. But there's not mm-hmm. like why um, or like, okay, what happens when it doesn't work? You know what I'm saying? Like there's not a yeah. lot of fallback plans. So uh, that's, that's the thing. And maybe in my content, I could even be better at that. But I kind of feel like that's a, a thing is like people are so gimmicky now. And it's not, it's not because they want to be. It's because they have to be in order to, for their content to be seen, which kind of sucks. Right. Yeah, it does. I think instead of it's kind of the old analogy, like instead of giving a man a fish, you teach them how to fish, right? Where yep. you kind of help them get better instead of just like, here you go. Here's the answer. It's like, well, no, here's the reasoning behind it. So they actually right. you know, understand it a little bit better. You yeah. always get that one person who's like, hey, yo, can you just draft my team for me? <laughs> I'll pay like, you draft my team. <laughs> you're like, you won't pay me? I'll draft my team for you. Okay. Yep. Like, yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, I, I very much appreciate you coming on. It was, it was a goal of mine to get you on. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made some time for it. Um, where can you uh, just go ahead and give the spiel of where people can find you? At. Yeah. You can find me, Justin Henry with the three instead of an E on all social media platforms. If you're on YouTube and you just want to watch the daily show, it's called Justin Henry show. You can just tap in there. Uh, I do a daily show Monday through Friday. And then on during the season, it'll be Sunday mornings as well. Helping you guys with start sit decisions. There's also other content on uh, on there that you can consume talking breakout sleepers. I do mock drafts, fades, a lot of fades, especially people that uh, <laughs> others that people <laughs> like. But uh, like I said, my goal is to help you all become smarter, win your leagues. That's where y'all can find me, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, this is the Rancy's Fantasy Football Fanatic. Thank you everybody for being in. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Have you ever Are you listening? Damn.